Radio Influence. The future is now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. It's another solo show for me today as Frank soaks up the sun in Appalachia. I don't even know if it's sunny up there. He's camping with the family. So cool. So cool. Um, I'm going to try and get out there with him one of these days. So we have a pretty busy show. My browser is full of things to talk to you about, full of things to gripe about and get upset about and smile about, too. Especially the music that they use behind some of their campaigns. Ugh. Gosh, like the most nefarious thing. And they're playing like like YouTube stock dancing music behind it. Um, In the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about some uh, business and personal stuff. I want to start with something that's really, really crazy. I don't I I briefly told the story, I think, a bunch um, a bunch of weeks ago. But my sister's husband took my son, my my nephew to um, get his first haircut and fell in love with the guy that he had taken him to. And um, they go there every two weeks, like without fail. Every two weeks, they're getting their haircut at this place um, with this guy. And my sister texts me a couple weeks ago and she's like, hey, Tracy, Jimmy came home. He he was a mess. And he told me that he his his barber that cuts their hair is a vet. And he was beside himself because this this guy Steve he needed life-saving surgery to fix a bunch of problems from injuries that he sustained when he was overseas fighting for our country and the VA will not cover the surgery and there's a lot of reasons for that so I I'm telling the backstory here because it's going to explain a lot to you so I was like well let me you know can you is he willing to talk to me you know can I maybe I can introduce him to someone or maybe like I can help him somehow or maybe we can try and raise him some money for the surgery or who knows like what I could potentially do to help so she gave me his number and like life got crazy my in-laws came everything kind of like went nuts with work and it was just crazy and I forgot I forgot to get in touch with this guy which Whatever. I mean, it was terrible. Just I, I, another slap on on my wrist, right? So then, I don't know. I guess my sister had texted me about it when my in laws were visiting with my um, sister in law, and I never had answered her. She said, "Hey, did you talk to Steve?" I never answered her. So a couple of days later, after the in laws had left, I get this phone call. It was in the midst of the the crazy GOP stuff that was going on, and it was Chad. Um, who's been on the podcast a couple times and and he calls me and he usually will text me first. So he calls me, I pick up and I'm like exasperated and I'm like, I don't want to talk about this stuff anymore. If it has anything to do with what's going on locally, I'm I'm not, I'm checked out. I don't want to hear about it right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. Steve, Steve, SP, SP, he, he needs this surgery. And you, you, you know, I, I it, basically it was Chad coming and like nudging me again, like, hey, you need to, you know, please help me with this. Chad knows him because they're both CBs. And so Chad actually knows this guy, which is completely separate from how I got it initially. Chad's just friends with him. And so I was like, I was like, okay, God, I understand what I'm supposed to do here, God. I do. Because it was almost like I had ignored it the first time by accident, completely by accident. I got another hat tip, like knock from my sister and then I got the wham across the across the chest by Chad, like begging me to please help SP because he really is in in dire straits. And 
there is zero, zero that that will stop me from helping him. At this point, I'm on a mission. <laughs> I'm on a mission. The man is amazing. Um, here's what happened. And it's all in the give, send, go, which I'm going to ask if you have, um, if you can, if you can, please consider donating to. It is in the show notes. Um, he is a 35-year-old um, disabled Navy vet. He actually started a 501c3 called uh, that that gives veterans in hospice their their grooming services for free. So if there's a veteran in hospice who needs a haircut or a shave, he'll go and do that for free for them, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. But um, he incurred this issue that he's having or these issues in 2015, 2016 um, for op- he was fighting in an operation enduring freedom. He was medevaced because of this illness that he got while he was there over there fighting and they didn't know what it was. They misdiagnosed him several different times. Um, and then they put him on a whole bunch of experimental and incorrect treatments. Does this sound familiar? And then he developed all kinds of other problems. Um, and what have happened, what has happened to him among way uh, tons of other things is a cardiovascular issue. He has a lot of cardiovascular problems, a lot of heart problems. And the medicine that he's taking right now is kind of almost worse than he has to take the medicine, but the medicine is worse than what, you know, it makes him worse. It makes him really, really bad. He can't get up. He, he, you know, doctors have basically told him like he's had ablations. He's been hospitalized over 20 times since 2016. He has progressive cardiac compromise. Um, surgical intervention is the only available option that could improve his chance of surviving through this. And what he was able to find is there's this one procedure that will work for him, and it's called the Wolf Mini Maze procedure. And there are two surgeons on the planet that do this surgery. And the one surgeon who invented it is here in the United States at Houston Methodist, but the VA won't pay for it because he's out of network. So the VA will send him back to get ablation after ablation after ablation that makes him worse and worse and worse and worse, where this surgery has like something like a 96 to 97 percent success rate for people like him and the VA won't pay for it. So he has to pay for it out of pocket. And so I'm like, okay, like, what is it like? Seriously, what what's why wouldn't we help this poor guy. I know there are so many people out there who need help. I know it. I know it. It's terrible. It makes me it makes me very sad. But this guy, like I I've gotten to know him quite well as we've been going through this because obviously I wanted to get his story and I wanted to look around for myself and I just wanted to do my due diligence because um I'm one of those people like somebody's like, "Oh, help me raise money for this." And I will make a donation myself, but I'm not jumping out there to share fundraisers for everybody who asks me. There's no way I could potentially like vet every single fundraiser that crosses my desk. So I always constantly am donating to these things and thanking people so much for trying to help the other person, but I can't share everyone. But this one, I happen to know the people behind um and I there's it just spoke to me. I need to do something. If you guys find it in your hearts to help save this veteran's life, I would be honored. And 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 it would just show. I, I put this up. Um, <clears throat> they created the fundraiser. I shared it last week. We have raised $52,900 of the $170,000 goal, which is absolutely amazing. It really is. Because you guys are beautiful people. 
So I'm going to share it in the show notes below. It's givesendgo.com slash SP the barber. God has called me to do this one. It's like sometimes you just know, like sometimes there are signs. And if you ignore those signs, you're crazy. This was one of those times. So here I am. Here I am helping Steve the barber. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. It's, it's just a, a cause important to my heart. Okay, so there's that. Then um, something that's happening over and over and over again recently is like we're coming across stories on the internet that are asking questions that we've already answered years ago. There's people who are writing things as though they're brand new that we've already covered all over the place. Like it's it's bound to happen. I'm not surprised at all. Like, but it's still very frustrating because no matter how large, how loud we scream or how far we share or what we, there are still people in our own circles that should know that don't know what we've done. So this morning I came across another one of these examples by, from a gentleman who actually writes for us, Bill Rice. Citizen Free Press, who is so gracious to Uncover DC, they share our work all the time. There's not a day that goes by that Kane hasn't found some value in the reporting that we do and put it up at Citizen Free Press. I adore him. I adored him before he started sharing our work. Now that he's sharing it, I love him even more. Shoot. He's actually going to come on the podcast at some point, which will be really cool. Um, Bill Rice has a Substack now, and he wrote a piece yesterday. I asked them for early spread anecdotes and boy, did I get them. And he's trying to come up with a a finality about whether or not COVID was here in the States in 2019. And guess what? It was. And I proved it. I proved it with CDC data in April of 2020. April of 2020. I wrote a column called could a CDC data prove COVID-19 infections in November of 2019? And the, the byline is CDC data supports theory of much earlier COVID infection that's been reported. And cognitive carbon helped me with this data. I pulled all the CDC data for every single state from their website. And I screened it by ILI, influenza-like illness. And we plotted it all out. And I went through graph by graph of all the early states, and I showed everybody the uptick in influenza-like illness and what day it started and what week it started and what it meant. And I went through the whole thing and it was, it was, it's here in black and white. So, so I'm sitting here, like I knew this back in April and a lot of people, you know, were the reason why I even explored it at all was because people were telling me I had this I had this and people, everybody's got a story of what they had in, in like fall of 2019. That was probably COVID, but doctors didn't know what they were looking at. I had a very close family member with it, suffered for two, three weeks with this terrible viral pneumonia. No one could figure out. And the doctors were saying, oh, there's just this weird viral pneumonia going around that we probably, you know, it's different. It was COVID for goodness sakes. November, it was COVID. I'm telling you, it was COVID. We had it here. But anyway, I digress. I went through this whole thing. I'll put this column in the show notes for everybody. This is it's it's just another example of this. And it's it's everywhere lately. Like it's every topic. I'm like, oh, bing, here's a column from 2021. Bing, here's a column from. T- so long story short, I'm not sitting here on a soapbox trying to lecture to everybody, but go to uncoverdc.com, please. Subscribe for our newsletter and actually take the five to 10 minutes it's going to take you every day. Just just read. Just read the stuff that we're putting out. You will be, there is no doubt in my mind now at this point, 
at all. I can say this with 100% confidence. If you read our reporting, you will know things far before everybody else does. And you'll be able to share them and so that more people know things. And then if we can do that over and over again, we'll have people reading Uncover DC every single day. It, it, it's as a business owner and as someone so passionate about this, this is my life. Screaming to whoever will listen about this stuff, please, I beg of you, the, if you can't support us financially every month and you, you know, or whatever the case may be, UncoverDC.com, subscribe to our mailing list, read the columns and share them with your friends. There is nothing more valuable you can do for us outside of a, a monetary donation than sharing our work. If times are tough for you, share our stuff all over social media, plaster it everywhere, please. It takes, it takes no time at all. It takes five minutes of your time. You're posting all day anyway. Thank you so much. I love you. Now, moving on. There is an Ebola outbreak that is raising uh, some, some concerns. It's in Uganda. And it is the strain of Ebola that they do not have treatment for. There have been no case reports outside of Uganda And American doctors are being alerted as a precaution, according to the alert. No approved drugs or treatments for this type of Ebola virus. Um, This bothers me. And here's why. I don't think that I don't I'm not saying by any this is relegated to Uganda right now. But I think that and hold on a second. 30 percent of the population in in Uganda is fully vaccinated. That's 12.7 million people. There have been 31.7 million doses given. 63% of the world's population is fully vaccinated. Think about that. That's insane. Gosh. I raise this because, as I've said before, we're starting to see like all these weird things, monkeypox, for example, all these viruses that we typically would have the power to kind of like, not, not necessarily Ebola, but with, with people with immune systems that are compromised from the vaccine. We're going to start to see a lot of this happen. Geert Vandenbosch Bosch told us this. It's, it's troubling, but I, I'm not surprised. So this, this Ebola spread, is, it, it's, it's bad. Like, it's not the worst that there's ever been, but it's a bad one. And it bothers me because I know that, you know, there's, there's, mutation possibilities and all kinds of things that can happen because these people destroyed the human race. So keep your eye on, on that. There's also, um, there's also, there was another story that I was reading actually, um, that had to do with something along these lines. Oh, oh yeah. Did you read about how they accidentally, they accidentally jabbed some military members with the COVID vaccine instead of the flu vaccine? Yeah, that happened. Whoops. Those were unvaccinated, um, unvaccinated service members who now are vaccinated with the COVID vaccine against their will because they had religious protestation on, uh, they had religious exempt, you know, accommodation requests in, but now they've been vaccinated. Oops, sorry. (laughs) What other, what other world is medical malpractice like that? Okay. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I'm like, okay, but they're, they're giving, there, there are a bunch of seniors out there who have gotten the flu shot that shouldn't have gotten, they should have gotten a different flu shot. So now they're walking around unprotected. I'm sorry. I, I never, I was talking to my husband yesterday. We have never, never, ever, ever gotten the flu vaccine. And we were talking about like 
how we're probably not probably I'm never getting another shot ever again. Like there, I said, I'm not even going to take a medicine unless it's been around for like 60 or 70 years. And on top of that, that's just me because I have zero trust in any of these people, any of them. Like there was a picture of uh, a Halloween display in a very liberal town. And one of the um, little figurines on the front lawn was a, a tombstone. And on it, it said, I did my own research, kind of mocking people who like don't listen to doctors right off the bat. Well, um, if you're one of those people that don't listen to doctors, congratulations. Congratulations. Because let me tell you something. <laughs> you're alive. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to play a couple of clips for you that I put up yesterday on my Truth Social that had come from Twitter from a, an account called at Freedom World underscore as we're talking about this vaccination issue. Just listen. This is a compilation of. There are six minutes worth of these, but I'm only going to play the first one, I think, depending on how amped up I get. But let me play this first video. Just listen to how absolutely Orwellian and tyrannical these people are. Here we go. Yes, I hear what you what you say about somebody exercising their freedom not to have a vaccine and they're perfectly healthy. I don't want them sitting next to me in the theater. I don't want them standing next to me at the theater bar. I don't want them next to me or anywhere near me or even in the same carriage on the train. So, uh, yeah, they can exercise their freedom by staying at home. If you decide that you don't want a vaccine or a booster, then you can decide not to go to hospital however ill you get. And that way, that is your right. So you would leave the unjabbed at home to die if they had a heart attack, if they suffered from a stroke. That's their choice. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. And that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're- and the audience just cheering like the sycophantic zombie. They're terrible people. Ugh. We need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. They're actually saying it out loud. They've been saying it out loud. Just people don't choose to listen. Because otherwise, if everything is real. Oops. Yes, I hear what. Hold on. Strike. Can decide. I'm finding it again. Pandemic window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have. Because Otherwise, people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. People who refuse to accept facts. Otherwise, people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. Just listen to that. How could you be a thinking, breathing, feeling human being, hear that, and be like, yeah, I agree. Get those suckers. I mean, seriously? 63% of the world's population is vaccinated. Hey, purebloods. Stand with me is the 40%. My goodness. 
vaccines. I think the right response for them is not to force them to, but rather to insist that they be isolated. Giving up your human rights is, is justifiable. It's justifiable to take away a person's bodily autonomy when you have a global pandemic. Those who haven't had jabs but could have jabs need to have a badge saying unjabbed. Really? Yeah. We just have to make people understand that, you know, no jab, no life. And, and that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? What? I, I'm going to listen to another one. Just one more. Without proof of the vaccine, you can't go into a pub, club, restaurant, gymnasium, anywhere at all. You can't travel, theatre. You can't even go into work. I mean, personally... I have to say, I don't even think that we should allow people on the streets unless they've had the vaccine. We've tried the education, we've tried the carrot, we now move to the stick. If it takes time now, the time to find people, great. Let's start. Let's never wait 100 euros, make it 100 pounds, right? And it starts, and I'll tell you what, it's not 60, but let's make it 40 and above starting on Monday, okay? Now, if we come round, knock on the door. There are so many things that I could say right now but i'm just gonna be good and you can show on your phone or you've got a letter or something you've got an appointment that's fine but if you willfully oppose now you're 40 and above 100 pound fine in december 100 pound fine in january 200 pounds in february 300 pounds in march by the end of the year you'll be spending about a thousand pounds and that might cut through your ignorance you've had your booster when you see people who will not take it putting themselves at risk it's it's said Putting themselves at risk. None of your concern. None of your concern at all. None of your concern. This, I, I can't. I'm stopping. None of your concern what I do with my body. None of your concern. Have a good day. I think it was Dr. Lynn Finn. I'm going to open up Telegram real quick because she had a post yesterday. California passed that bill, that the medical misinformation bill, which is the most Orwellian nonsense I've ever seen in my life. Like, and and their trans surgery bill is also really, really terrible, where it's basically like no matter what any other state has ordered in their courts, we're going to ignore that. And you can bring your kid over here and we'll cut off their boobs or like take their penis off and, you know, give them a fake vagina. Yeah, I know it sounds harsh. That's exactly what they're doing. So that's what I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, she, um, she posted yesterday. She said here, she said, um, somebody, the American Red Cross had posted a tweet that said, we don't label blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated blood as the COVID-19 vaccine does not enter the bloodstream and poses no safety risks to the recipient. If you have safety concerns about potential blood transfusions, please speak with your medical care team. And so she wrote, hey, dear Newsom, time to go after your first target for disinformation. Let's see if you stand by your decision to make this a thing. My first choice was an easily provable falsehood. I've proven it is incorrect a million times over and can, without his hesitation, destroy their inference in a court of law, public opinion or before a medical panel. Gavin, I present to you the American Red Cross. Their statement that the vaccine doesn't enter the bloodstream is false. The LNPs were found in the bloodstream and marrow. The mRNA can be found in the blood and marrow. 
And the pathogenic spike protein, i.e. the byproduct of the gene therapy, is also found in the blood. Therefore, they erroneously and dangerously tainted the blood supply. Many kids and adults who cannot take this vaccine will also be at risk with blood products because they carelessly destroyed the integrity of the blood banks worldwide. Start there, Mr. Newsom, and get back to me. Toodles. Now, in the beginning, they were saying that they weren't taking the vaccine, the, the, the blood of the vaccinated there was like a, a big controversy about that going on. Um, now it, it appears that there's no controversy at all and they're just mixing it all together. So we need to find some company that is going to only take blood from unvaccinated people and they'll do that by somehow testing folks for the spike or some kind of a marker that this <laughs> that they've gotten vaccinated just the same way they screen for diseases. Because I'll tell you right now, I don't want... Th- th- I, I just... There's... Moving right along, yesterday, Zelensky, because he's a cocky, entitled, petulant child at this point now, said something that literally threw the world on the brink of nuclear war. He said he said something that was interpreted as, please take preventative strikes to uh, stop Russia. So he said he said that. um the international community must take preventative strikes. And then the interpreter corrected themselves and said, preventative action. Waiting for nuclear strikes first and then to say what's going to happen to them. No, there is a need to review the way the pressure is being exerted. So there's a need to review this procedure, so to say. And then Moscow re- res- responded and said that he's calling for a, a world war and, and he's a monster. And then Putin basically said, we'll, we'll launch a nuke. Don't even. These people and their careless words and their entitled virtue signaling, this is not how the real world works. You, 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 Zelensky, you're, you're screwing around with, with, we need, we need to, we need to stop this. This, this needs to stop. Terrible. Because he made a mistake or a translator made a mistake. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if the translator made a mistake. The translator might have been covering their tracks. I, in my opinion, but that happened yesterday. Um, moving to January 6th news, the revolver has a good, uh, breakdown of the revolver news has a good breakdown of, um, a Google earth kind of like walkthrough of the pipe bomb placement, which the January 6th committee doesn't seem to be very interested in at all. I mean, they're not talking to the secret service who swept the building before Kamala Harris went in. They're not doing any of that stuff. They're just basically saying, Oh, pipe, pipe bomb. We don't need to worry about any of that stuff. Don't just push that under the rug. No biggie there. Um, Also, the Oath Keepers trial is ongoing right now. Um, We've talked about this. I have zero faith whatsoever that these guys are going to make it out of that trial okay without being convicted. I also have seen a lot of weird evidence that has come out. Um, I'm reserving my judgment until I can read through everything myself. But a Proud Boy member pled guilty yesterday to seditious conspiracy. Um. Jeremy Bertino of North Carolina is the first proud boy to plead guilty to the charge, um, saying that he would be fully cooperative uh, with prosecutors. I guess he's going to be testifying against Joe Biggs, Ethan Nordeen, Zachary Rail, Charles Donahue, Dominic Pizzola, and Enrique Tario. They're all still in prison, and eventually this stuff is going to all flesh out and, you know... Um, Somebody's going to have to fix all this mess. Someone's going to have to fix all this mess. 
And with Biden issuing a blanket pardon for nonviolent federal marijuana possession charges yesterday, meaning some, I think it's like 7,000 or so uh, convicted, you know, convicted criminals, for lack of a better word, will be getting out of jail just before midterms. Amazing. Amazing how he's doing that. You know, carrot and stick and all, like we've been talking about. There's something going on outside. Is there a boat out there or something? Hold on. I don't know what that is. But anyway, just a dog whistle to try and get more votes. It's so sick. Really. Truly. So gross. Anyway, so there's that happening. Let's just see if this will do it for people. You know what I want to skip to really quickly? Um, Let's see how much time do we have. I want to skip to a couple clips from the Kanye West Tucker Carlson interview last night because Kanye's really taken it because he wore a light, a, a White Lives Matter shirt at his fashion show and he like set the world on fire and Candace Owens was there. Yeah, let's play some clips from his interview with Tech Tucker Carlson yesterday. You tell me what you disagree with. Ready? Go. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week. You just landed and yeah. you have a lanyard still on from it and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen. I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. God bless you. God bless you, Kanye. If people just thought about it that way, I mean, what are you arguing against? Really, what are you arguing against? What are you people arguing in advocacy for? Kill, killing 50% of black babies born in the United States? Like, are we really racist? Are we the racist ones? Let's think about this. Here. Now he's asked about why uh, the American culture glorifies obesity. Let's, let's just, or if someone thinks it's attractive, to each his own. It's actually clinically unhealthy. And for people to, to promote that, um, it's, a, it's demonic. You know, what, can I ask? Yeah. I've noticed this also. Yeah. Why do you think they would want to promote unhealthiness among the population? It's a genocide of the black race. They want to kill us in any way they can. Planned Parenthood was made by Margaret Sanger, a known eugenics with the KKK. And I believe that if we saw ourselves as more, if we saw ourselves as a people and not a race, then we would treat our people better. Like if you go to a Jewish person and you say a race, it's, it almost gets confusing. It'll cut you off quickly and say, we're not a race, we're a people. Well, our people are supposed to just say, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Okay, well, what about, do you own the land that you're living in? Do you own, is the contract even in a language that's even possibly understandable? So he's basically saying that they're taken advantage of, which I think everybody is. And I don't think he's trying to segment it necessarily, although the topic is on, quote, race. Like he's making really, really good points about all this here. Here is this is great. Why did he put White Lives Matter on a shirt? Why did he do it? So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. Yeah. God bless you, Kanye. 
God bless you. Now everybody's like, let me let me look over. Let me look over my uh, my my sponsorship deal with you, Kanye West. And Kanye's like, take it. <laughs> Listen to this. To catch our nightly Oops. open. We are in a battle with the media like the majority of the media has a, a godless agenda and they're jokes in that work and this whole like, oh, yeah, he's crazy and all these things. They don't work because the media has, you know, they've also watched travesties happen, just even specifically to me and just watch it and act like it wasn't happening. And then what they told him about what would happen to him if he said he liked Trump. Listen to this. My so-called friends slash handlers around me told me, like, if I said that I like Trump, that my career would be over, that my life would be over. Uh, they said stuff like people get killed for wearing a hat like that. They threatened my life. They put my life. They basically said that I would be killed uh, for uh, wearing the hat. I had a, a, someone call me last night and said anybody wearing a White Lives Matter shirt is going to be greenlit. And that means that they're going to beat them up if they wear it. And I'm like, you know, OK, green light me then. Can't have them leaving. Can't have them thinking differently. God forbid. There's more, obviously, of this interview, which I'm going to probably take the time to watch. Um, and, you know, I, I went the, the craziest thing about this is for me personally, the change in him has been absolutely glorious to watch. I was living on Long Island. I won concert tickets to go see him in concert at Nassau Coliseum when I lived there. And I was there with, I think, my cousin. And I, I, could, I wish I could find the pictures. It was demonic. The, the symbolism, the lighting, the, you know, everything that, that we think about uh, Hollywood and, um, you know, the music industry and what they're used for and, this, and, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show things and all of it was in his concert. And to see how he has changed his entire outlook on life because of God because of God, has been absolutely beautiful. So pray for Kanye West. He might be a little eclectic. He might be um, he might be a thinker who goes out of the bounds of what we consider typical, but that that stuff, he gets it. He just, he gets it. So that's awesome. Um, I have another couple things to talk to you about today. Uh, Car- uh, Carrie Lake was having a press conference um, and something organic happened that you couldn't replicate. It was almost like what happened to Donald Trump when that little baby was dressed like him and went up there here. Um. The Republican Party is the party of the Latino. It is the party of family. It is the party of faith. It is the party of the American dream. That's what Latinos are about. My husband is Latino. My children are Latino. I'm just a gringo, okay? <laughs> But hi, look at that sweet baby back there. She's waving. I it's, think it's because you take care of babies. I do oh. take care of babies. Okay. She's going to make me cry right now. Thank you. You know why? Because your life is so valuable. We, we can't wait to see what you do when you grow up. I'm going to gonna be just like you. Oh my gosh, what a sweet, sweet, sweet baby. I do care about our families. Come here, honey. Come here. What's your name? My name's Liana. Your your name's Liana? Mm Mm-hmm. And how old are you? Six. Six. This is why 
truly why I'm in this. My kids aren't little like this. Like, if I tried to hold my daughter right now, I'd probably fall to the ground. She's 19, my son is 18, and I had so many great opportunities here. I came to Arizona for an opportunity, and I just want to make sure that the little ones have opportunities. I'm, I'm nervous about where things are going, and I want to make sure that you have a great life, that you can do, you do have a great life. Okay, you got a mama? You got a nana? Awesome. All right, I'm gonna let you go back to mama because my arms aren't this strong. <laughs> She just picked up this little six-year-old on her hip like a damn strong woman would. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It just, I watched, um, she released a video, basically it was like her whole, her life story. And I literally sat there and I cried because she's genuine. She really was genuine in it. And you know, her story is really amazing. It's a, I just, mm, just beautiful. This was one that he got right. Donald Trump got this one right for sure. Absolutely did. Let's see. What else do I got here? Oh, okay. Let's move on to some Uncovered DC stuff. Um, Two two reports that came out yesterday that you really need to look at. Uh, Michelle Edwards wrote an amazing piece, just investigative journalism at its finest. Beautiful piece titled Gates and Clinton Foundations Advanced China's Role in Developing World. So um, the Clinton Health Access Initiative fired its gate back, its, its doors back open. Um, just a couple weeks ago. And this column basically goes through the partnership between Gates and the Clinton Foundation and China. And it drills down into all of it. Um, gosh, it, it, it's just, it shows how much money they've given in grants. It's not even that long, really. It's just very, very well done. Just well done. There's links to everything. You can actually go over to um, the the Gates Foundation um, webpage via link that she has here and search agenda. She did a search for uh, pandemic sort of support um, in agenda 2030. And there are plenty of grants, plenty of grants. Since 2014, uh, Gates has donated eight million alone to initiatives that specifically mention agenda 2030. With an office in Beijing since 2007, the Gates Foundation minces no words declaring its ongoing commitment to supporting the communist totalitarian nation, a regime that poses the greatest threat to the United States and embodies the premise behind Agenda 2030. She says it's worth mentioning that 20 years ago, 22 years ago, back in 2000, Gates joined Bill Clinton in a last minute appeal to Congress to open up trade with China, which set the stage for China's burgeoning global presence. This will be in the show notes as well. Very busy show notes today, guys. And then Wendy Mahoney wrote an article about ICANN's newest lawsuit. I had uh, attorney Aaron Siri on the podcast. ICANN and Aaron Siri and a, a bunch of other groups were responsible for the FDA FOIA case, the one that gave us all the safety data that Naomi Wolf has been using to go through and come up with all this terrible information about the study results. That was Aaron Siri. That's why I had had him on. But um, on behalf of I Can Decide, which is Dell Bigtree's uh, foundation, they got access to the vSafe database. Um, the vSafe dashboard is actually what the CDC is using for people who are vaccinated to report their uh, adverse events after vaccination. Now, they are not free text enabled, i.e. they give you a certain subset of choices. You are forced to pick from those. So like if you have muscle pain, but your muscle pain is actually chest pain, you can't distinguish between those two things. Siri was on Fox News 
Equal Rights Attorney Aaron Siri, the managing partner at Siri and Glimstad. Mr. Siri, thank you for coming on. I just want to point out that it was 463 days, you tell us, from the time that you requested this vSafe data. vSafe is a CDC program where you just kind of report how you're doing after you got the vaccine. 463 days to get it. Why did it take so long in your estimation, sir? It's a very good question. Why did it take numerous legal demands, multiple appeals, two lawsuits, in fact, before the CDC finally handed over the vSafe data, which is already de-identified data for the most part that they provided just two days ago, 144 million lines of code that they could have provided in a matter of minutes at any point? It's a great question. Maybe the answer is, is that now that we have that data and we've looked at that data, of the 10 million users within vSafe, 7.7% uh-huh. of them had to seek medical care after vaccination. That is an incredibly high percentage, it appears to me. Yeah. It goes on, but you guys can actually go. The link is inside of this. Um, the link is inside of this. They made a dashboard out of it. They got the first tranche of this data, but there's going to be more to come and they made a dashboard that you can actually go in and search. So um, it also the raw data is also available for you, too. If you don't trust their charting software or you want to be able to show someone who's like, ah, they're manipulating it for yourself. They give you the five deep uh, zip files that people can download um, themselves to, to, to look through. Um, so I will put this column in the show notes as well. And let me see here. What else do I have? Okay. It looks like the New York Times is intimating that the FBI is going to try and do another raid. They're saying they're still missing stuff. It's funny. How do they know what they're looking for? Like, uh, this is ridiculous. They're saying in this New York Times piece, take it for what it's worth, fudge rule, that they're still missing all of the stuff that was supposed to be in those folders that they found empty. But they don't know. (laughs) It's It's ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous. So now there's a little bit more of a legal kind of question going on here. Um, and there is a copy of this New York Times that's not behind a paywall for you to read. This was the other thing I was looking for when we were talking about the vaccine. I'm coming towards the end of my I have like six or seven more tabs, but I'm going to wrap it in a second. The lockdown effect. Record numbers of children are being hospitalized with colds after their immunity was weakened by Vaccinate. I'm sorry, social distancing and masks, the CDC reveals. <laughs> Record number of tests on inpatients under 18 picked up a common virus in August of late last year. The level was comparable only to December in previous years when it has also crossed the 50% mark. Scientists warned the sharp rise was likely due to lockdowns, weakening immunity among children. Really? Wait a second. So are you saying that natural immunity is a thing? Like if you get sick with something, you build immunity to it. Like if you get sick with the cold, you'll build up an immunity to that cold. Could it have anything to do with the fact that you're forcing kids to be vaccinated at this point in some places to attend school? The above graphic here in this article shows proportion, the proportion of ER visits among children aged 5 to 14 that were due to a reactive respiratory disease or asthma. It reveals there's been an uptick as well, but similar to ages before the pandemic. However, respiratory virus detections among enrolled children and adolescents aged less than 18 years by highest level of care and inpatient is pretty much off the chart right now. This is 
This is not good. Scientists monitored seven hospitals in the U.S. for number of children who had been admitted for respiratory illnesses. Washington, Texas, New York, and Ohio are included. All participants had at least one symptom of a respiratory disease, including a cough, earache, runny nose, sore throat, and shortness of breath. I just also want to say, people are taking their kids to the emergency room at rates that we haven't seen in a really long time. And the reason for that is because you can't find a doctor anymore. That That is just, it's true. It's just true. Doctors refuse to take new patients. Doctors won't see patients in office. I've actually seen this all over the place. If you're sick, stay home. What in the ever living hell? Aren't you supposed to go to the doctor when you're sick? Since when has this become a thing? When has this become a thing? Unbelievable. So there's that. Let's see what else do I got here. Oh, this is interesting. 23% of New York voters lack proof of identity. Now that's the wrong headline. I think the headline should read, 23% of New York voter rolls are incorrect because this was found when they were trying to clear the rolls and people don't have a social security number, which means that they can't vote. If everybody in this country has a social security number, if they're here legally, clean the rolls, New York, clean them up, please. Uh, I've got a, a, a little bitty about how the USDA wants you to register your vegetable garden in a national database. I have the Tucker stuff we went over. I have the Carrie Lake stuff we went over. Oh, there's I'm not even talking about this really yet because I'm waiting for the pre-dawn raid of 40 FBI agents with guns to bash in Hunter Biden's door. But the post leaked that um, they have enough they have enough material to charge Hunter Biden with a, a gun purchase and 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 tax fraud case. And what's really interesting is apparently this was a leak and his lawyer, Hunter Biden's lawyer, says this. I just want to read this quote and then we're going to end it for the day. Asked about the case, Chris Clark, a lawyer for Hunter Biden, accused investigators of leaking information. It is a federal felony for a federal agent to leak information about a grand jury investigation such as this one. Any agent you cite as a source in your article apparently has committed such a felony. We expect the Department of Justice will diligently investigate and prosecute such bad actors. As is proper proper and legally required, we believe the prosecutors in this case are diligently and thoroughly weighing not just evidence provided by agents, but also all the other witnesses in the case, including witnesses for the defense. That is the job of the prosecutors. They shouldn't be pressured, rushed, or criticized for doing their job. It sounds to me like they've already charged him. I don't know. Like, usually you're not referring to yourself that way if you're, I don't know. But how rich? What about the Mar-a-Lago leaks? You, you have a problem with those too, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Let us end with one more clip from a billionaire investor whose name I can't pronounce. I think it's Kamath Palihapitiya. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to do this with you. Chamath Palihapitiya. Chamath Palihapitiya. Palihapitiya. Chamath Palihapitiya. Chamath Palihapitiya. I was close. Chamath Palihapitiya has some really interesting words. And I think a lot of billionaires around the country are starting to say things like this. Chamath Palihapitiya 
says this. An entire continent essentially allowed a 16-year-old girl to dictate their energy policy. You had a goofball on the left, which was a 16-year-old girl who knew nothing. And you had a goofball on the right, which is a president whose language turned people off, even though the message that he was delivering was 100% right. When, when Trump went to the United Nations, he was clear, he was precise, and in hindsight, he was right. In all of our haste to basically overtly judge Trump because of his delivery and his personal style or whatever, we ran towards a 16-year-old person who has no rooting in science or technology. She was nominated for a Nobel Prize. This is how insane all of these people were in an effort to virtue signal to the hilt and beyond what the entire world did was turn a blind eye to science and turn a blind eye to mathematics and simple understanding of supply and demand. The entire continent of Europe is probably on the precipice of and the minimum of a recession. But frankly, there's a lot of scenarios where it could be meaningfully worse. An entire continent. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, goodness. I think that's it for today. I think we've done enough wandering today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. You've been listening to the Friday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. We will be back on Monday. No, we won't be back on Monday. Probably. Frank will be back on Monday. I will be back on Wednesday, and I'll be able to tell you all about the amazing trip I took. Please consider donating to SP the Veteran. The Give, Send, Go link is in the description box or the show notes below. It's givesendgo.com slash SP the Barber. SP the Barber. Thank you guys so much. God bless you all. I will talk to you on Wednesday. This is a United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford Quick Fix on Radio Influence. There were only three senior White House officials who remained with President Trump from the start of his 2016 presidential campaign to the end of his first term in office. Peter Navarro was one of them. Your thoughts on why you wrote the book? Well, the book is a mission. Taking back Trump's America, when I was writing the book, I didn't think it would be as critical as it is. But Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, um, and the Democrats running this country now are running it into the ground. We have uh, the worst economic crisis brewing um, in the last, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 years. It's brutal. We've lost control of our southern border, and we've basically allowed Putin and Xi Jinping and uh, North Korea and Iran now to begin to roam free, whereas during the Trump administration, uh, we had them in check. And this is all both very dangerous as well um, as something that's driving a lot of people literally into poverty. United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford is available for download on your favorite podcasting platform and RadioInfluence.com.